Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, May 28th. Shabbat Shalom! We have just completed the observance and celebration of Passover and the seven days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But did you know that Passover is not really over until we get to Shavuot? There is the counting of the Omer, a 50-day count that takes you up to the next biblical feast, which is Shavuot. The Omer is counted each evening after sundown. This year, Shavuot begins at sunset on Saturday, June 4th, and ends at sunset on Monday, June 6th. We are to stand when counting the Omer, and we begin by reciting the following blessing. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kitshanu mitzvotav zivanu al sefirat haomer. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments, and commanded us to count the Omer. After the blessing, we recite the appropriate day of the count. For example, Hayom Yom Echad La Omer. Today is the 42nd day of the counting of the Omer. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit, Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion and it means, In My Statutes. Leviticus 27, 21-34 But if he does not redeem the land and the land is sold to another, it shall no longer be redeemable. When it is released in the Jubilee, the land shall be holy to Hashem as land proscribed. It becomes the Kohen's holding. If he consecrates to Hashem land that he purchased, which is not land of his holding, the Kohen shall compute for him the proportionate assessment up to the Jubilee year, and he shall pay the assessment as of that day, a sacred donation to Hashem. In the Jubilee year the land shall revert to him from whom it was bought, whose holding the land is. All assessments shall be by the sanctuary weight, the shekel being twenty gira. A firstling of animals, however, which, as a firstling, is Hashem's, cannot be consecrated by anybody, whether ox or sheep. It is Hashem's. But if it is of unclean animals, it may be ransomed as its assessment, with one-fifth added. If it is not redeemed, it shall be sold at its assessment. But of all that anyone owns, be it man or beast, or land of his holding, nothing that he has proscribed for Hashem may be sold or redeemed. Every proscribed thing is totally consecrated to Hashem. No human being 
who has been proscribed can be ransomed, he shall be put to death. All ties from the land, whether seed from the ground or fruit from the tree, are Hashem's. They are holy to Hashem. If anyone wishes to redeem any of his ties, he must add one-fifth to them. All ties of the herd or flock, of all that passes under the shepherd's staff, every tenth one shall be holy to Hashem. He must not look out for good as against bad, or make substitution for it. If he does make substitution for it, then it and its substitute shall both be holy. It cannot be redeemed. These are the commandments that Hashem gave Moses for B'nai Israel on Mount Sinai. Second Samuel thirteen one to thirty nine. This happened some time afterward. Absalom, son of David, had a beautiful sister named Tamar, and Amnon, son of David, became infatuated with her. Amnon was so distraught because of his half-sister Tamar that he became sick, for she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible to Amnon to do anything to her. Amnon had a friend named Jonadab, the son of David's brother Shema. Jonadab was a very clever man. He asked him, Why are you so dejected, O prince, morning after morning? Tell me. Amnon replied, I am in love with Tamar, the sister of my brother Absalom. Jonadab said to him, Lie down in your bed and pretend you are sick. When your father comes to see you, say to him, Let my sister Tamar come and give me something to eat. Let her prepare the food in front of me so that I may look on and let her serve it to me. Amnon lay down and pretended to be sick. The king came to him, and Amnon said to the king, Let my sister Tamar come and prepare a couple of cakes in front of me and let her bring them to me. David sent a message to Tamar in the palace, Please go to the house of your brother Amnon and prepare some food for him. Tamar went to the house of her brother Amnon, who was in bed. She took dough and kneaded it into cakes in front of him and cooked the cakes. She took the pan and set out the cakes, but Amnon refused to eat and ordered everyone to withdraw. After everyone had withdrawn, Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food inside and feed me. Tamar took the cakes she had made and brought them to her brother inside. But when she served them to him, he caught hold of her and said to her, Come lie with me, sister. But she said to him, Don't, brother, don't force me. Such things are not done in Israel. Don't do such a vile thing. Where will I carry my shame? And you, you will be like any of the scoundrels in Israel. Please, speak to the king. He will not refuse me to you. But he would not listen to her. He overpowered her, and he laid with her by force. Then Amnon felt a very great loathing for her. Indeed, his loathing for her was greater than the passion he had felt for her. And Amnon said to her, Get out! She pleaded with him, Please don't commit this wrong. To send me away would be even worse than the first wrong you committed against me. But he would not listen to her. He summoned his young attendant and said, Get that woman out of my presence and bar the door behind her. She was wearing an ornamented tunic 
for maiden princesses were customly dressed in such garments. His attendant took her outside and barred the door after her. Tamar put dust on her head and rent the ornamented tunic she was wearing. She put her hands on her head and walked away, screaming loudly as she went. Her brother Absalom said to her, What is your brother Amnon who did this to you? For the present, sister, keep quiet about it. He is your brother. Don't brood over the matter. And Tamar remained in her brother Absalom's house forlorn. When King David heard about all this, he was greatly upset. Absalom didn't utter a word to Amnon, good or bad, but Absalom hated Amnon because he had violated his sister, Tamar. Two years later, when Absalom was having his flock sheared at Baal Hazor near Ephraim, Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, Your servant is having his flock sheared. Would your majesty and your retinue accompany your servant? But the king answered Absalom, No, my son, we must not all come or we'll be a burden to you. He urged him, but he would not go, and he said goodbye to him. Thereupon Absalom said, In that case, let my brother Amnon come with us, to which the king replied, He shall not go with you. But Absalom urged him, and he sent with him Amnon and all the other princes. Now Absalom gave his attendants these orders, Watch, and when Amnon is merry with wine, and I tell you to strike Amnon down, kill him. Don't be afraid, for it is I who give you the order. Act with determination like brave men. Absalom's attendants did to Amnon as Absalom had ordered, whereupon all the other princes mounted their mules and fled. They were still on the road when a rumor reached David that Absalom had killed all the princes and that not one of them had survived. At this David rent his garment and lay down on the ground, and all his courtiers stood by with their clothes rent. But Jonadab, the son of David's brother Shema, said, My lord must not think that all the young princes have been killed. Only Amnon is dead. For this has been decided by Absalom ever since his sister Tamar was violated. So my lord the king must not think for a moment that all the princes are dead. Amnon alone is dead. Meanwhile Absalom had fled. The watchman on duty looked up and saw a large crowd coming from the road to his rear from the side of the hill. Jonadab said to the king, See, the princes have come. It is just as your servant said. As he finished speaking, the princess came in and broke into weeping, and David and all his courtiers wept bitterly, too. Absalom had fled, and he came to Tamai, son of Amihud, king of Geshur, and King David mourned over his son a long time. Absalom, who had fled to Geshur, remained there for three years, and King David was pining away for Absalom, for the king had gotten over Amnon's death. John 17, 1-26 These words spoke Yeshua and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. 
as you have given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God, and Yeshua, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me with your own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men which you gave me out of the world. They were there, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever you have given me are of you. For I have given unto them the words which you gave me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from you, and they have believed that you did send me. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which you have given me, for they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your own name those whom you have given me, that they may be as one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those that you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be as one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you gave me I have given them, they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I will that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you have sent me. And I have declared unto them your name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Psalm 119, 81-96 My soul faints for the Lord's salvation, but I hope in your word. My eyes fail for your word, saying, When will you comfort me? For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do I not forget your statutes. 
How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on them that persecute me? The proud have dug pits for me, which are not after your Torah. All your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help me. They had almost consumed me upon the earth, but I forsook not your precepts. Quicken me after your loving kindness, so shall I keep the testimony of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness is unto all generations. You have established the earth, and it abides. They continue this day according to your ordinances, for all are your servants. Unless your Torah had been my delight, I should then have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for with them you have quickened me. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider your testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Proverbs 16, 6 and 7 By mercy and truth iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Leviticus 27. And I want to zoom in on the concept of the Jubilee. So in verse 21, it's talking about the Jubilee and about land being released to the Jubilee and land that is holy to Hashem as land proscribed. So what is this Jubilee? In verse 24, it goes on to say, In the Jubilee year, the land shall revert to him from whom it was bought, whose holding the land is. In God's economy, you do not have the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer and the middle class rapidly disappearing, as we see happening today all around the world under the current Babylonian economic system. In God's economy, there was His great reset every 50 years. And so if, for example, a family owns land in Israel, and they fall into hard times, and they sell off their land, and let's say that the next jubilee is 45 years away, That land is going to have a very high value because for 45 years it can belong to someone else. But let's say they fall into hard times and the Jubilee is only three years away. The land will sell for a much, much lower price because whoever buys it will only have it for three years. And then in the 50th year, the year of Jubilee, that land goes back to the original owner. That's the reset. The Jubilee is the reset. So it's like a fresh new start. All debts are erased. All slaves are set free. And in the year of Jubilee, it's a time of both redemption and judgment at the same time. Judgment for those who are in sin and redemption 
blessing and outpouring for those who are walking with God and keeping his ways. In fact, when Yeshua lived, there was one particular Shabbat that he opened up a Torah scroll and he read from chapter 61 of Isaiah. And when he made this proclamation from Isaiah 61, it was literally the year of Jubilee. So this passage fits right in with the concept and the theme of Jubilee. Let's go there now. Isaiah chapter 61. We'll start in verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because Yahweh has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. This is definitely Jubilee themes. Liberty to the captives. Verse 2. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all that mourn. So again, this is a jubilee theme. It's an acceptable year of the Lord, but also a day of vengeance. It's redemption and judgment happening at the same time. And depending upon where your heart is, if your heart is soft and pliable and inclined towards the Lord and humble, you will receive blessing and outpouring. But if a heart is hardened, and there's unconfessed sin, that person stands under God's judgment. Verse 3, to appoint to them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old wastes, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. So the year of Jubilee is God's reset in the culture, in the economy, in the agrarian, agricultural world, in every part of the life of the children of Israel. It was God's great reset. In contrast, we have the Babylonian system where the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Our nation, the United States of America, is going deeper and deeper into the debt, trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. And people struggle right now to make their ends meet, to be able to buy their groceries and pay for their gas because of the incredible inflation that's now going on throughout the world. So we can cry out to the Lord, and we can ask Him to send forth redemption and soon, to set captives free, that His great reset would soon be upon us. And now I'd like to conclude with a beautiful worship song called Forever, O Lord. And it's based upon the verse from Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs> 